Micah says God has made it plain. God does not require sacrifice. God does not require ritual. God does not require, certainly, our firstborn children. God does not require any religiosity. God requires a changed life. God does not require any religiosity. <laughs> God requires a transformed life, a new life, a new way to be, a way to be in the world. It's so simple, Michael's saying. Do justice. And justice, he's saying, is not a thought, is not a prayer, is not a wish, is not a sermon, is not an essay, it's not a book. Justice is an action. It requires activity. It requires everyday behavior shifts pointing in the direction of the world God is trying to create. Justice is behaving like God is doing what God is doing, and we're part of it. That's what Micah's saying. Walk, uh, love mercy. The, the word for love is ahav. The word for mercy is chesed. When you put those two words together, they're modifying each other. Love in a merciful way. Love in a faithful way. Love in a royal way. Love with everything you have. Love fiercely, we would say. Love justly. Do justice. Love like love matters, like it's everything. Love with every breath you take. Love all the time. Like we would say, pray unceasingly. Love unceasingly. And not just like romantic kiss-kiss love, but phileo love, friend love, I got you, I got your back love, and even more importantly, agape love, like unconditional love. My professor would have said the non-possessive delight in the particularity of the other. Do you like that? The non-possessive delight in the particularity of the other. When Michael's talking about this love, Michael's also talking about love directed here, a non-possessive delight in you. Loving your strangeness, Hala. <laughs> Thanks be to God, that's required of us, because I've been pretty strange lately. So love, do justice, love mercifully, love faithfully, and then walk humbly with your God. Like walk close with God, but actually the Hebrew is really implying humility. Like walk circumspectly with God. You're required as a Jewish person to like take a dead person to the cemetery, take the body and bury it. You're required to accompany a bride to her marriage tent. And when you do that, you're supposed to do it not like, look at me, I'm doing the thing. <laughs> there is a humility required, a circumspectness required, a softness required, a my acts don't matter-ness required. I'm just walking in friendship. One writer said, in sinless friendship with God, doing the very best we can to be like God. Like when you're doing that marriage walk or walking down the aisle or dancing, how you gotta be in step, that's what the Hebrew is implying. I'm stepping with God. So here it is, it's plain, it's not that hard. And the way this text reads, um, all of Micah has been for five chip chapters just slapping, you people have been bad. You stink, you're terrible, you don't keep the law, you're not minding God, you're minding of your own business, get out of here type of five chapters from Micah. Um, you failed and you've not been faithful and God's not pleased. And then we get to this chapter and, the, and Micah's saying, God's not pleased but we can get pleased again. 
the covenant's been broken, but we can repair. We haven't behaved, the Israel had not behaved the way they were supposed to behave, but God was always throwing God's arms open. They were saying, you can come home like the welcoming dad to the prodigal son and come be with me. Let's fix it. Let's start over. That's what this chapter is all about. And so how, 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 do, how does it play out in the text? It's like it's, um, they're in a court. You heard that, right? The God and the people are in court making their case. Let's call it the Supreme Court, because God's court is kind of more supreme, right, than the others. But they're making a case. I'm telling you, people, you have not shown up. And who's the judge and jury? The creation. Did you hear me read the mountains, the hills? The earth is the jury and the judge. Why? Because the acts of humankind have catastrophic consequences, not only on us, but on the whole world. The world, the earth, is the container in which we live and breathe and have our being. We're here on earth because God put us here on earth, and the stuff we do messes with the stuff, messes with the environment, messes with the rivers, messes with the air, messes with the souls and bodies of the people. Our violence, our violence is the stuff in this container called Earth. Why we're grieving today is because our humanness, when sad, when afraid, when hurting, when lost, when lonely, when just messed up, regresses to the earliest primal urges to subdue and kill our enemies. I say to subdue and kill our enemies. That's the animal part of us. Are you with me? And let us make no mistake. When we sit in this room mourning the deaths of our Chinese aunties and uncles, when we sit in this room mourning yet another crushed to the ground black man in police custody, we are mourning that the stuff of violence in the container doesn't just float loose, it gets inside of us, and we act on it. What makes Chinese aunties and uncles take a gun and shoot their own kin? I would suggest a container filled with anti-Chinese, anti-Asian hatred and violence and racism. How much of it can you take before you break? And if you have access to handguns, and you have a catastrophic psyche screwed up by the violence of the world, maybe that's the fruit. I was listening to Brit Brittany Packett the other day, we know the root, and therefore we know the fruit. I'm talking about the root. The root of the violence is a nation shaped by violence. Remember when we were little? Well, I didn't like them. But people liked Westerns? I didn't understand, but okay, my dad still likes Westerns. We have in this nation glorified conquering and taking and stealing and shooting and walking in the middle of the road and pointing a gun and dueling. What in the living hell? The glorification of the violence that founds our nation can't help but get inside of those of us who have weak, fragile egos and even all of us 
it can go inside of us. And when it's inside of us, sometimes it's directed inward as depression and rage, and we pollute our bodies, and sometimes it's directed outward at our partners and our children, and sometimes it's directed outward at our coworkers, damn it, and you go postal because you're so angry, so hurt, because the violence of the nation is inside our souls. Am I talking too fast? Are you feeling what I'm trying to say here? I'm not trying to make any excuses for any of this crap. I'm saying it's in the air. I'm saying it's in the soil. I'm saying it's in our DNA. And the only way to live the way Micah's describing is for us to be honest and tell the truth because the truth is going to set us free. Don't act like we're shocked. Don't act like we're shocked that there's violence in America when the founding fathers wrote violence in the Constitution. Don't act like we're shocked. Don't act like we're shocked that there's violence in America when the, the evil twins of slavery and the Second Amendment, hear me, slavery, enslavement, and the evil twin of the Second Amendment where a militia has the right to bear arms, and it's a militia, y'all. Read the Constitution. If you're not a militia, I don't know that you have that right, but let's talk about that another time. But we need a militia to manage the enslaved people. And we need a militia to manage the ones who get free and get them back home. We needed the guns to manage the oppression of the marginalized. And we still use guns and policing to manage the marginalized. Policing started out in colonial times as nice neighbors looking out for each other. Ben and I are going to put all these resources up for you. Be like, what is Jackie talking about? Article upon article I read this week. 1636, 1628. You watch it. You watch the barn tonight, Paul, OK? I'm going to sleep. OK, baby. Five or six volunteers watching the barn. That's how police started. There were none, none to protect but your barn. By the time you get to the early 1800s, there's more property. Now you need a day, now you need a day watch, not just a night watch. But it's still ad hoc and volunteers. But the more wealth, the more power, the more property, the property-rich, wealthy people need somebody to watch their stuff. Yeah. And the people can watch their stuff and protect them from the other. Who's the other? The indigenous people, the black people, the poor people. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Then you need a whole operation to protect your stuff, sometimes from the people you stole it from. If the legacy, I know, baby, if the legacy, if the, if the history, if the etymology, if the roots of policing is property over people, violence over peace, force over conversation, that's how we end up where we are today. And that's where we are today. And if this nation continues to glorify violence, 
old Chinese uncles and aunties will pick up firearms and shoot other old Asian aunties and uncles because we understand, we know, we become what we see. America has done a really good job of baptizing us all in the blood of each other. I couldn't watch the videos. I don't want to watch the video. My neighbor across the street got his behind whipped. I watched that when I was eight. And when I asked my daddy what had he done wrong, dad said he hadn't paid his parking ticket. We, we know what this looks like. Traffic stops are the new broken window policing. Police are meant to intimidate communities of color. And black people can get infected with white supremacy too. Hear me when I say it. Let me say it again. Black people can feel derision toward poor black people. Those policemen did not care about beating the crap out of their little brother because they drunk some Kool-Aid. I didn't say all the black people drunk the Kool-Aid. I'm saying they drunk the Kool-Aid. And they did. Write me about it, yell at me if you want to. But if you're guarding whiteness, whiteness is contagious. Did I say that? If you're guarding white supremacy, white supremacy will get up in your body. Because you just can't protect yourself from it. OK, that's my analysis. So what? So if you don't think we need this kind of a community right here, where we are different from one another but here anyway, where we are all the races and all the ethnicities and all of the genders and all the sexualities. We need this love laboratory, I said a couple of weeks ago. And I'm saying again, more than ever, we need a love laboratory where we're teaching our little ones how to be peaceable in a peaceful kingdom, how to have nonviolent communication, mommies and daddies, and learn how to do that at a young age how we learn how to work through our stuff without resorting to guns, fists, knives, bullets, pop bottles, all the things that have become weapons, including social media, to kill the soul of each other. Come on. And this is not like a political conversation. This is a spiritual conversation. It's not a religious conversation, but it's a spiritual conversation. It's a will we do justice? Will we do acts of justice every day? Every day. What we consume, what we write, what we read, how we behave with our neighbors, how we behave with our children, how we behave with our employees, our coworkers. Acts of justice every day. Everyday justice. Described in Fierce Love. Can't tell you the whole chapter right now, but every day. What you vote, what lever you pull, what you write, do you know what I'm saying? What you wear, where you shop, what kind of toys you buy your little people. All of those are justice acts or injustice acts. How you use the word they about the people that are like, like you and your children overhear it, that's an act of justice. How you secretly feel about queer people. Why are we always talking about queer? Why are we talking about black people? Acts of justice or injustice. Nothing in the middle. No, no gray area on justice. Are we going to love ferociously, fiercely, unequivocally, 
unabashedly, ridiculously, crazy love for our friends and our family. John and I had one of those men and women fights the other day. When we have one of those, you don't know what it is. He's an oldest child, I'm an oldest child. That could be it. We both consultants, we both think we're smart. <laughs> we be consulting on each other all day. You know, he's 14 years older than I am. I told your business. He's 14 years older than I am. He's, he's the oldest, oldest child. I think he's got something going on. Plus, he's white. Hello. He's white. <laughs> and I'm not. You know what I'm saying? Oh, my God. Poor John, John Jenka. When it gets to that neighborhood, when the other white men in my life have not listened, have not talked, have not asked the right questions, have pushed my buttons, have tried to talk over me, have tried to act like I'm not in charge. Oh, God, John and I could have it out about dishes on a day like that. These dishes. What happened with the dishes? What, what happened with the dishes? I don't know. Suddenly, then I'd be like, oh, baby, I'm sorry. That wasn't really about the dishes. That was about the white man over there that did the so-and-so. He's like, stop rejecting. So, because he's a consultant. So, it's in all of us. I'm glad I can make you laugh. <laughs> it's in all of us. Um, to medicate myself this week, I chose not to drink a lot of wine. I haven't. I've done that before. But this, <laughs> last week, I did movies. And I watched everything, everywhere, all at once. I did that. I watched that. Yes. I watched that movie. And it made me jump for joy. I loved Michelle Yeoh's mommy can do anything character that she became. I thought of it's almost like Taken. Like, you know, where Liam Neeson can just do everything to get the girl back. <laughs> this Chinese mother was the best mother. And she could do anything. She did anything. She did all the things. Superpowers. And a, you got to watch it. We got to watch each other's stuff. So we know what's happening. It's beautiful. And I, when, I, when I thought about the movie uh, toward the end, and she was, you know, I'm not going to tell you, but it was like what was broken she could fix. She was not going to let the machine, hear me, take her daughter. She was just not going to let the machine take her daughter. She was heroic, she was beautiful, she was fabulous, and she was not gonna let the machine take her daughter. I don't want the machine to take our babies. We have to do, we have to do everything, everywhere, all at once. We have to battle powers and principalities all at once. As we celebrate our beautifulness, we have to be artists, um, um, Delaney prayed, even as we kick Injustice in the behind. We have to be mommies and daddies and caregivers even as we go to war. Go to war with injustice. We will not be patient about acts of hate. No, we won't. We have to be dexterous. We have to be nimble. We have to be flexible. We have to be multi-talented and multi-vocal. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Toward just love. Period. I'm long. My black brothers, when they're preaching, they'd be like, in conclusion, they give you more 20 minutes. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm going to give you two more. <laughs> Only two. They'd be like, I'm long. And then another thing. Um, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. I'm so upset. I'm so upset. There's no words. Your, your, your clergy this week have been like, oh my god, just holding on to each other with no words. So we're holding on to you, too. Sometimes I feel like I just want to come and cuddle you and only say, it's OK, baby. 
so, so, so maybe for one second I'm going to say, it's okay, baby. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to be mad. It's okay to be sad. It's okay to be frightened, young people. It's okay to be, like, worried. It's okay to think you don't know the answers. But what we have is love. We have God's love. We have each other's love. And we have a promise from the universe that it will repair itself. That's God's intention, that one day when the glory comes, it will be ours. So it's okay. It's okay to feel all the things you feel. And when you get through crying, let your grief be prophetic and get up. Get up when you get through crying, get up. And ask yourself, what am I going to do today? Get up. Get up and ask yourself, how can I make a difference? Get up and ask yourself, what do I have to let go of? What biases are blocking my vision? Get up and ask yourself what critical conversation you need to have the hardest one with the person you're most afraid of and have it get up and stand up for love. Amen. Amen.